Hello, everyone. Just a note on today's intro. Michael tasked me with writing the scripts for a couple of episodes, and I thought I'd cheat and ask a certain well-known AI tool to write an intro for the Sticky Bum Boy podcast. This is what we got. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to loosen those belts and indulge in a sticky sweet extravaganza. That's right, folks. Welcome to the one and only Sticky Bum Boys podcast, where we deep dive into the doughy depths of all things sticky, sugary and utterly irresistible. I'm your co-host, Bobby Butterfingers Johnson, a self-proclaimed connoisseur of all sticky treats. You name it, cinnamon rolls, caramel apples, honey glazed donuts. I've devoured them all, leaving behind a trail of sugar coated chaos and, I, and i'm your other co-host danny donut devotee smith the man who has perfected the art of finding sticky goodness in every corner of the universe i've got a sixth sense for sniffing out the stickiest buns within a hundred mile radius it's a gift really together we're like the dynamic duo of dessert spreading joy laughter and lots of frosting everywhere we go well i'd say that was a success we can definitely use it next time the listeners will even notice what do you think, Bobby Butterfingers? <laughs> I'm still thinking about you sniffing out the sticky buns, personally. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Don't worry everyone, I'll be back doing the scripts from next week. <laughs> um, but let's do a quick 60 second recap like we always do whenever it's me and David forgets every single time that we're going to do it. What happened last week? Go. Last week there were some baked cheesecakes, there was informal cracks, Mary got a creamy goodness, mm-hmm. um, Paul wanted things a bit bigger as mm-hmm. usual, mm-hmm. Um, Joe succeeded even though she didn't put very much effort in, um, Yasmin put a lot of effort in and burnt her fingers and jasmine went home you did that in 20 seconds batch recording looks good on you let's just do 20 second podcasts now (laughs) done right so this week was the semi-final and it is patisserie week which i think this is the first time on patisserie week yeah i think so i can't remember it's only the second series but i think it is i like that every so often we do say things on this podcast and people write in and they're like that's not true like we're doing science like, we barely pay attention to most of the episodes. This is not science. We're likely to have got at least 80% of the information that we say completely wrong. I mean, usually, while we're watching this, we're, like, on our phone, or we're playing with our cats, or we're doing something else. I, w- not- I watch it on the way to work. I watch it on the tube. You can really? do the first two challenges on the way to work, and the show up on the way home. How do you write notes? You write such good notes. Well, I have it on my phone. I literally sit with the laptop on my knee, with the TV on. And you still manage, <laughs> showstopper, cake, 
One hour. Okay, then come on. What is the show stop? Not what's the signature? The, sh- sign- the signature. The signature was a layered mousse cake, including a sponge layer, in two hours. You're correct. <laughs> Thank you for that. What else did Tick. you write down, David? Uh, I just wrote that. <laughs> My next yeah. thing I wrote down actually was, what is the difference between a pointy sieve and a round one? Oh, like you know the pointy question. ones that look a bit like those Madonna boobs. Yeah, and or around one. Because I saw one when I was in France recently. Clang was on holiday, and I was like, "Oh, I want a pointy sieve." And then I was like, "Why do I want a pointy sieve?" People use the pointy ones to like really force things through, don't they? But I don't know if that's the reason. Does it like does gravity work better in a pointy sieve? Is there a patisserie chef out there? Because they need to write in and tell us about the pointy sieves and As the non-pointy. This is a science podcast. Shall we just say gravity is stronger? In a pointy sieve. <laughs> yes, let's just say that. There you go. So Paul is looking for a creamy, thick mousse. Let's see how we get on. Joe is making a Genoese sponge. Now, I do have to bring this up because I do every single time we talk about Genoese sponges. I made a two-tier Genoese sponge <laughs> and I got no credit for it. You actually, have you said this before? Back in 2019, <laughs> I was robbed <laughs> of some recognition. Because they recognised any time someone was doing a Genoese. Did I tell you that saying, I complained to the producer afterwards? Did you? <laughs> I went to one of the food producers and I was like, I know I'm through and it's fine, but... <laughs> they didn't even mention. I worked really hard on that and she was like, it will have been taken into account. And I was like, how? <laughs> food producers must get really quite annoyed because we're all like, for us it's life and death. We are deaf. Deaf. Life and death. Li- life and death. <laughs> What happened there? Just turned into a cockney geezer. Uh, it's quite like, yeah, we all take it so seriously. Yeah. She'll have been like, this literally couldn't matter less, grow up. Have She's a potato. like, I want to go home and have a drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and anyway, Joe made a Genoese sponge with a strawberry and raspberry mousse. And she seems quite flustered by the whole situation. Yeah, I, because hers was quite good. They then got obsessed with her strawberries being too big. Like she had like, she was like, her hair was like a bit frazzled. And there was one point when she kind of like looked at the camera a bit glazed and went, it's just not coming up like it does at home. Do you find that doesn't come up when you're not at home? When I'm in the tent, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Where did she find those strawberries though? They were massive They were massive. The judges were very focused on the fact that all the layers weren't even. Yeah, but I honestly think she had gone because they said the strawberries too big she'd gone out of her way to find mm. strawberries then the raspberries were like tiny paul said you've got one big fat one <laughs> <laughs> no what if she was flustered and a lumpy and, mousse yeah. which often happens after a fat one <laughs> her mousse was a little bit thick and lumpy grainy mousse is what i imagine happened to sam after last week Uh, then holly who also made the genoese sponge was filling it with a white chocolate and raspberry mousse which i thought was a good idea because they've only got two hours for this which is not very long to let your mousse set so white chocolate is obviously going to harden quicker and therefore kind of stabilize your mousse yeah, my issue with hers is because she seemed to think like she was having really issues with her sponges, but they looked fine. Yeah, well, she, her sabayon wasn't kind of sabayoning. Yeah, but then when the sponges came out, she then still thought the sponges weren't great and they, yeah, they looked fine. So I sabayon think... is, uh, sorry, I just I just use a very technical phrase for this science podcast. A sabayon is when you put eggs and egg yolks into a mixer with sugar and just beat it and it kind of goes like really puffy and voluminous. Yes. And it's like basically beating air into it. Actually, when I made my Genoese, don't know if I mentioned it made the genoese in week five in 2019 <laughs> it was mm, end of may early june <laughs> and um i made that for the i've been practicing that for weeks for that two-tier sponge that got no recognition 
but I didn't know what it was called. I didn't know it was called a sabayon. And in the, in the technical, where we both couldn't make shoe pastry, oh, yeah. it said, please accompany this with a sabayon. And I was like, well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and like the producers were kind of just staring at me. And I was like, I don't understand what this is. Because I famously was making a Genoese. They all knew about it. Wouldn't stop complaining <laughs> about it. <laughs> and then I finally learned what a sabayon was. That was how I learned. And now we all know. And now we all know. Apart from somebody who's going to email in and be like, that's not technically not what Sabayon is. Oh, do you mean the people who have switched off because you've started talking about your Genoese so much? <laughs> what Genoese? I don't think I've mentioned <laughs> that yet. <laughs> <laughs> when did I make a Genoese, David? Well, anyway, yours is better than Holly's. Um, <laughs> you can anyway, tell us a late night record. <laughs> Holly, when she was doing her layers, I thought the white chocolate mousse was a good idea. I didn't like the way that she basically put it just like a buttercream on a cake. It wasn't like a mousse cake tends to be... The mousse should be at least the thickness of the sponges. Where she just kind of like built a cake and just put it around the edge. Yeah, it wasn't not, quite You're not going right. to get a moussey feel with that, are you? <laughs> we, we do love a moussey feel. <laughs> um, so Marianne was doing draconde sponge, which is like an almondy bendy one. And she was doing a really... You did a draconde sponge as well. I did do Thank you for mentioning that. I remember that because no one else in the tent did, I think. For, that you was you on. Did. Do you know what? I, quite, I found it quite easy. It never went wrong for me. I did it in my bomb week. You should have done it in your, your bunt tin. <laughs> All right, thanks for that. Thank, thank you, David, for your support. Um, so Dracon Sponge, but she was doing a thing with decor paste, so she basically piped like a, so you can pipe a design onto your tin, spread the cake on top, and so when it bakes and you flip it out, the design is visible. But really the whole point idea. of a decor paste is that it looks quite pretty. And the only thing with that is she just done like a really wiggly line. It didn't look that I nice. I thought it looked really pretty. I liked that. Mm, it looked okay. Also, chocolate and orange, like brown and orange, isn't the best pretty combination i genuinely thought it looked quite nice there what's happening here there we go i thought it looked amazing although with her decorated sponge so the way it was it was like a sponge base sponge around the sides and the mousse kind of in the middle then more sponge on top the mousse was encased by sponge but she accidentally put one of the nicely decorated bits on the wrong way around so it was just brown and she was a bit gutted also i did think that with a mousse cake, it's quite nice to see some kind of layering. Mm. Like it was just like sponge on the bottom, sponge around the edge, sponge on top. When you cut into it, it was an impressive slice. Yeah, it did look nice when you cut into I it. I don't know why I'm so protective, but I thought it was really impressive. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, and then Janet made an untested chocolate amaretto mousse cake with a shortbread base. So not really a cake. It's like a mousse cheesecake. Oh, so did she not have a sponge layer at all then? No, it was a shortbread base. Did they have to do a sponge layer? Well, I thought they said it, but obviously, as famous as it's not a science podcast, I don't know. Do you know what I'm mm. going to say? Yes, they definitely said you should put a sponge layer in. And she just thought, I'm just going to do shortbread. I really liked, again, the thing is, if you're going to do amaretto, you've, you've won for me. Yeah. But I really liked the idea of this. And considering she hadn't practiced it, she did quite well. They liked it. When she was talking about the shortbread case, she was like, I've done shortbread because if it was cake, it might all flop when I get it out. Hmm. Anything to say about that, David? No. no. Depends how big it is. You went bashful there. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. it's not always necessarily that floppy. No, I suppose, suppose not. No, it depends on the temperature, really. Because Janet does small ones. Like last, last week, hers was quite small. It tasted good, though. They said it was too much mousse, but they liked it overall, and they liked the shortbread. She wasn't kind of penalised for that. Because Mary said, I wanted another sponge layer. It's like, well, there wasn't one. There's just shortbread. <laughs> no wonder why you want another one. BB... I was just very focused on, there was this man from the Brighton Pavilion who was speaking in English, but whenever he pronounced a French word, he did it in a French accent and it was really off-putting. So he'd be chatting about patisserie and then carry on talking about that. And it was like, it gave me like such a severe ick. And then I couldn't, I couldn't understand what he was saying. I didn't watch it. started looking nice at some point in history. I really like when you do these because when you're reading them out, I picture what I think the BB should look like. Like who's like the people You're doing? Often picturing oh. BB. Is that what's no, happening? no, I'm not. Did you notice that before we got to the technical, 
So after judging post BB pre technical, there was a shot of Holly just cleaning her bench. No, and I, I was didn't like, see "Is this Because she didn't do very well. They were like, "You can clean that no, up, Holly." <laughs> so the technical in this renowned week of patisserie, which is all about cleanliness, sharp, exquisite, high-end design. Small, delicate. They made 12 iced fingers filled with <laughs> cream and jam. I mean, if you're American and you don't know what an iced finger is, and you haven't watched this, it's probably the most unclassy sweet treat you could ever have. It's in all, like, the bakeries, and it's the 50p one. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> A lump of bread with some icing on top. That's really what it is. <laughs> Which we actually famously made some for Delicious Magazine in the UK. Yeah, and they're one of my favourite things to eat. We're common. We like them. We love but an iced definitely finger. definitely not patisserie. Absolutely not. They didn't say how much time they were doing them in. Um, and Holly had changed her top. <gasps> had she? So we start a conspiracy now. What happened? I think maybe there was blood involved. Maybe that's why she was cleaning her bench. Paul chopped off a finger because she did really badly. Then she had to clean her bench of all the blood and then it was all over her top so she had to get changed. Yes. That's what happened. That's actually, well, that is actually what happened, everyone. That is science. Don't write in. We all know what happened. <laughs> that is science. I'm <laughs> obsessed with science. That is science. I've spoken to Holly. She, I know what happened. Yeah. Um, I love that Janet doesn't know what an ice finger looks like. <laughs> I'm sorry. The one thing where people pretend that they don't know what a technical is, or I've never done it before and things like... You don't know what an ice finger looks like. But then she said, you just buy one, don't you? You don't examine it for height and width. <laughs> so she, in in, this, in my world, she buys one and just like unhinges her jaw, throws the whole thing in, doesn't look at it once. <laughs> just like goes to the shop, just asks them to throw it in the mouth, <laughs> opens her mouth, they, they lob it in across the shop. Three ice buns, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then even the perfect, perfect ones they make in the perfect tent look so they looked so bad that squiggle of jam oh, also it's quite funny because none of them like shaping bread is quite difficult because you want to get like tension none of them knew how to shape bread it was they were good. all just like they all looked really mangled and it was not gross. it wasn't very good i mean i mean the judges came in being like everyone's done so well and i was like really well yeah because they were judging it on the perfect perfect sue described <laughs> mary ann's as looking like scar tissue which actually looked more like she just squirted tomato ketchup on it it didn't even look like scar i'm sure tissue. they all tasted nice because it's just a bread roll. But, um, yeah, bread work. roll, jam, cream, and an icy topping. So bottom was Janet, third was Joe, second was Marianne, first was Holly, and the viewers came last because we no, we didn't win there, did we? we no, definitely last. didn't. Um, in the showstopper then, they had to do a selection of pastries. So they had to make three different types of pastry, all using the same yeasted laminated dough. So basically like Danish pastries, pan chocolat, croissants, all that kind of stuff. But they never told us how much time and I was confused by this because whenever I've made croissants before, it's an overnight rise in the fridge. Oh, they definitely do that because there was 12 hours of resting. Definitely. Maybe. Oh, okay. Conspiracy theory changed. She didn't actually lose a finger. And um, we've done another experiment in the science of Bake Off and just have discovered this. Maybe they did the signature on day one and then day two, they did the technical and then the first half of the showstopper and they put them in the fridge overnight. And then the following morning, the, the day three, they then baked them. Yeah, I think so. Because you can't do, like, there's all, you, there's certain baking things you just can't do. There's too much time. And this would be one of them. Like, it's yeah. too hard to leave like, like that. Yeast, yeasted uh, laminated dough is basically, it's like when you're making a puff pastry, when you kind of like slap your butter in it, then you kind of fold it, rest it, fold it, rest it. And you're doing that, but also it needs to rise at the same time. But because you're putting it in the fridge, because you don't want the butter to melt, the yeast is kept really slow. Like it's, it's not 
dormant, but it just can't rise as quickly as it normally does. Like you put things in a proving drawer because the heat makes the yeast work quicker. So the opposite is true in a, in a fridge because science, <laughs> it takes longer to rise. This is the science episode. Also, if we're talking about technicalities here, like you say that ice fingers are not patisserie. This isn't either. This is literally called viennoiserie. Like viennoiserie yeah. is this dough, yeah. like all the croissants, all those kind of things. So I know you come for me when it's about patisserie because I didn't do patisserie in patisserie week. But this you made really what? Just a cake? Was it just a cake? Well, actually, it was a patisserie cake. But this really <laughs> actually isn't patisserie. Like this no. is. But it would be it quite was... nice to do a viennoiserie week. So they did everything viennoiserie. I love the challenge. Yeah, like, I really love the challenge, and it was nice because I've always been wanting them to make croissants on Bake Off recently. And I didn't realize they've already done it kind of in the past, but a really good challenge because there's lots of technical elements to it and there's scope to be really creative. I mean, especially well, with the three different types. So I was just glad that this was your week for kind of writing things down for this because I haven't written all the flavors and things. I do want to just quickly let you listen to what Mary had to say um, about this challenge, which incidentally is also my Tinder settings. Let's go. I'm looking for some unusual shapes and a very professional finish. They should be well risen, a lovely golden brown, so they've got to look right, they've got to taste really special. There you go. <laughs> so if anyone out there matches that description, if they can just get in touch, the email is stickybunboys at gmail.com. I want you to change your Tinder profile to that. <laughs> You've got to look right and taste really special. <laughs> All right. different shapes, but professional looking. <laughs> Unu some unusual shapes. Some unusual but shapes. a very professional finish. <laughs> and that, doesn't, that does not mean counting down. Um, so what do they make? Joe was very straightforward she made a pano raisin which is the supreme of kind of that whole pastry world men uh chocolate twists and then banana and raisin and the reason was she was like well i had apple and raisin they thought what else could i put in so i put in a banana <laughs> well done joe well as we learned last week that will mean that she is not going to the toilet yeah no yeah she's not going to she won't need the toilet at all. those chocolate twists i find them a bit too much when there's like the custard and all the chocolate chips and things i don't want chocolate in a pastry pano chocolate is not for me oh, see, i don't mind a pano chocolate i don't like the chocolate twists but pano raisin is the king yeah and I mean, queen she did really well like they looked incredible the structure is bang on they were crunchy and buttery and then paul looked at it and just went i'm gobsmacked yeah. And I was like, well, that's quite rude, isn't it? She's made it to the semi-final of the Bake Off and you're gobsmacked to produce something perfect. But they were almost Pristine. perfect. And this is a difficult thing to do. I yeah. was surprised, actually. I th well, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. I was just impressed. I think he meant to say that, like, brilliant job. You're under pressure. You're being filmed. It's not something that's native to you. But also, this is the kind of thing when people, people who are good at croissants, you spend, they obsessed with it and spend a long time mm. doing it. Like, Unless she has spent a long time doing it at home, this was impressive. It was impressive. Talking of croissants, actually, it wasn't BB this week. We had an IB this week and interesting bits because croissants are not French. <gasps> Science. 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 Can you tell that I've read some criticism this week? I've read some critical emails and it's hurt. Science. <laughs> so croissants are from the Middle East or Austria. The, the BB wasn't sure. <laughs> but the first recording croissants were called Kipferls which means crescent in a different language that they didn't say. Um, but basically it was to evoke the crescent on the Turkish flag because it was to do with Turkish people battling Austrian people or something. So basically they were to refer to the Turkish flag. And then 
this letter being made in um, in France and the, the name changed from Kipferl to croissant, which is also crescent, but just in French. And it used to be made from enriched dough, but the French changed it into a kind of an enriched pastry. Um, which is why it's called Viennoiserie, Vienna. Oh, Austria. is that why? Yeah, because it doesn't wow. come from And also, France. Sue got to go to Paris. Yeah, she did. And she speaks French. She Well, she's very... Uh, her travel shows are amazing. Have you seen them? Yeah. They're really great. There's one great one of her in India, actually. But she doesn't speak all the languages she goes to No, she doesn't just speak French. <laughs> Maybe she speaks something else. I don't know. Maybe we should ask. No, actually, for science, she speaks no other languages. It's Nothing. just French. Yeah. <laughs> Not even English. I take criticism really well. <laughs> Next person was Holly, who made an apricot macadamia and white chocolate pinwheel almond croissants and apple raisin and cinnamon plats which i would inhale i liked the sound of all of hers and they did look really personal. her croissants as she rolled them looked incredible yeah. she didn't she got good layers and things it wasn't it looked hers looked like another a brilliant home baker's version whereas yeah. joe's looked professional yeah paul said they were great specimens which was a bit weird they weren't in jars <laughs> very weird uh so janet oh made... my goodness ja- <laughs> oh no <laughs> when David does that wheeze, <laughs> you know it's gonna fall apart. Okay, Janet made pano raisin, plain croissant. Did she make plain croissant? So arguably, she made the vanilla flavor of yes, Danish pastries. She did. Uh, what? How did she do, David? Well, her croissants. I mean, how did she shape them like that? They were so so bad. She kind of looked at them. They kind of eyeballed the cameraman and afraid they're excessively large. <laughs> <laughs> but they were so gappy there was all these like gappy bits and oh it wasn't tight it, it was certainly not a little bit loose um so they weren't quite shaped properly which meant she lost the layers there wasn't quite enough fruit and she'd cooked the creme pat too much before yeah. they went in the oven so basically it kind of makes sense if you think about it but like you might not realize it when you're doing it but creme pat you kind of if you're going to bake the creme pat it needs to be slightly undercooked a bit slacker a bit slacker so when you put it in it carries on cooking because it's going into a hot place but um yeah and paul after saying she was too small last week these were monumental enormous <laughs> but do you know what i loved about her is the way she receives feedback she's like yeah yeah i did think that and like she's she, she doesn't take it that seriously no, she's like she it's doesn't. not that deep it's baking she actually had very good lamination as well still and like 15 years later there's me having a full-on breakdown <laughs> because they're just like oh it was a bit claggy in the middle and still now because they didn't mention Gen- genoese thank you for mentioning that i made a, a really good genoese in week five okay who else was it marianne <laughs> marianne <laughs> Marianne made raspberry rose danishes, praline spirals, and Alsatian platted danishes. So the Alsatian platted danishes were like an invention from the Alsace region in France, where they make a type of pizza, which is creme fraiche, bacon, caramelized onion, and goat's cheese. And Just she was do like, a power raisin. <laughs> I actually sounded like the sound of that. That sounded quite nice. I did like the, I liked the idea because cheesy viennoiserie is so good. And I'd have liked them more if she'd actually cooked them because this was raw. They were very raw. It was a yeah. bit doughy. Um, overall, though, it was a fairly good challenge apart from for Janet. Um, so when it came to the judging, they said there was no star baker because everyone did too well. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Everyone, they all got a commendation. Yeah, and then leaving, sadly, was Janet, which is kind of a bit awful when there's no star baker, but you go home. It's like, everyone did great, not you. Did she, well, did she still get a commendation? Because she still did quite good. She just was the bottom of the pack. She was. But do you know what? It was really, there was, there was new goodbye music, which I've not heard before. 
Um, like it was quite like inspiring, like uplifting stuff. It wasn't just, it wasn't the kind of, oh, isn't it heartbreaking she's leaving? It was this kind of, what an amazing time she's had. And like her whole goodbye speech was so maybe they, Maybe they wrote that music just for Janet because she has been inspiring and she has been wonderful. Honestly, genuinely one of my favorite contestants of all time. She's the people's winner. She is the people's princess. No star baker. Well, I know what that feels like. Yes, but when you didn't get one, someone else did. That's the difference. Yeah, but I like to think that I got a commendation every week for doing so well. What a what a lovely story, <laughs> David. What a lovely story. Let's get on to this taste test. Okay, this week it comes from at Hayes Mariah, who says that hamburgers taste better in a lettuce wrap. Buns spoil everything. As a couple of homos who love a bun, I'm pretty sure where I can see this one going. But let's make a pretense of democracy as I ask you, should Hayes Mariah go to jail or is she free to live another bun-free day? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are your buns drying out? I beg your pardon? I mean, could your buns be kept stickier? The eternal question. I suppose the answer is yes. Well, I'm here to help. I thought you were married. Behave. If you'd like extra helpings of Sticky Bun Boys each and every week, all you have to do is join our OnlyFans. Each week, you get an ad-free version of our podcast, as well as bonus bits, including recipes and access to our own little community of soggy bottoms. And all it costs is the price of a coffee each month. Check us out at patreon.com forward stroke Sticky Bun Boys! Exclamation mark. Jail. Nice quick one there. Nice quick one. Jail, jail, jail. Although I don't like a brioche bun on a burger. Yeah, but would you want then just some lettuce wrapped around it? No, I'll take brioche over lettuce, but I... Well, do you know what? I, I like the crunch of a lettuce, but I want the kind of pillowy... I want my teeth to be cushioned before pillowy, they hit the meat. I want a crunchy gherkin. I want oh, some crisp lettuce. I love a gherkin, me. But some only in a burger. Oh, I like gherkins Do you all just the time. eat like a whole gherkin? They call them pickles in the US. Yeah, some. Oh, yeah, they do call them pickles. Pickles. I, I know. I can. I, if it's a sweet pickle, I can eat a whole gherkin. Here's a question: As we are a science podcast, the uh, <laughs> I'm not going to let it go. Uh, the cucumber because pickles are cucumber. Yeah, gherkins small are cucumber, cucumber, but just right because they're small. Because I was like, do they go? Do they go in full size? <laughs> and, and, they, and they shrink because of the vinegar. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Is that not true? No, I mean you'd have to have a barrel to get a jar if you did that. I, I don't think I thought about the logistics. Well, as a science podcast, what happens is you put a full-size cucumber into some vinegar and it shrinks to the size of a gherkin. What? And then if you leave it longer, it goes to a cornichon. <laughs> Ooh, I like that word. Um, yeah, so anyway, Hayes and Mariah is definitely in jail. And we're going into the inbox. We haven't been in the inbox for a while. We keep on messing around. And we've still not done the Olympics yet. So next week, we promise we'll do Olympics. Please send in your Olympics. And it's the final, so it's perfect. That is literally perfect. It's the Olympic like, final. Almost like we planned it. Right. So and for science, we did. It's just because I've been useless and I'd already gone into the inbox and got things and forgot about the Olympics. But next week we'll do it. This is from Jenna. Hello. Love you guys. If you both could invite any five people to a dinner party, alive, dead or fictional, who would they be? Sure. Have you written anything down for this? No. <laughs> but I've got some ideas. Okay. Who would you bring? Um, do you know what? Sounds weird, but 
I would actually bring Sandy Toxfig sure. as one of my guests because we get to see her on Bake Off. She's wonderful, but she's got so much chat and she's got a really funny laugh. She's got so many stories as well. When we were, when we were recording, she was reading this book about um, the art of like Swedish death cleaning. Yes. And like she was like, it was in a break between judging and she was just sat telling me about what she was cleaning up in her house and things. She's wild. She has so much, so much interest. I would also bring producer Alex because he doesn't get out very much. Oh, bless. So the idea of him being able to go out for dinner. Would you give him a chair or do you sit on the floor? (laughs) He's sitting on the floor right now. I think he quite likes sitting on the floor. That's where he lives. Maybe we'll give him one of those baby chairs. He's a bit bit messy when he eats. I am slowly making a little slideshow of pictures of Alex, (laughs) which we're going to put different pictures of him during records. Um, Mouths full of pizza, lying on the floor, that kind of stuff. Do you want to come to dinner, Alex? Yeah, he does. Right. He doesn't get a choice. Um, I would then also, my next, that's two. My next one is Sam from last week. Because then, if I'm having some gurgling issues, I can just blame it on him (laughs) and his white jeans. So that's three... This is this is David is thinking off the top of his head here because he's not written anything down, but he is going quite well. I thought he's now, Sandy looking, at, he's now looking at my bookcase <laughs> just to try and find like some a, names. Ooh, bookcase. I think I would actually bring Douglas Stewart. I Douglas was Stewart. Because I like his both of his books recently. Shaggy Bane and uh ooh, Young Mungo. Young Mungo. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm writing him, I don't remember the names of his books. Oh, and the last one, I'm just going with another novelist because I didn't think I was going to do that one. And now I've decided I also want to bring Hanya Nanagihara. Yes, that would be good. Life. Although she might be quite depressing. I don't think she's that depressing. Though. I think she's, because when she's, I've written articles. I've written articles. I've just read them, actually. Science, you've written them. <laughs> just written them. <laughs> we can I've, create a new reality with this podcast. <laughs> I've read articles about her and she just is apparently quite strange and just like, I don't think she's that depressive. Anyway, that's my five. Go. Who are your five? Okay, Taylor Allison Swift. Is that one person? That's her middle name. Oh, right. <laughs> Have you heard about the theory? Well, actually, this links to a second person. So Taylor Swift, obviously, because the thing with Taylor Swift is, you know, about all these like Easter eggs and fan theories about stuff. Basically, like she leaves like little, little clues so, for example, oh, I have heard this, in yeah. the Midnight's era, so the Midnight's was her latest album, on the lead single, she had all these, like, koi fish in the background of all of her videos. And then her next album is coming out on July 7th, which is National Koi Fish Day. So Ooh. she, like, leaves little, little clues. If you work them out, you'll find out something that's happening in the future. But you might jump to the wrong conclusions. And that's why I wanted to come to the dinner party, because I want to know how much of it is real <laughs> and uh. how much of it is just coincidence. And also because she is... My God. Um, but linked to Taylor Allison Swift, and I don't know whether these count as one or two people, because they are two people. Anton Deck. Las Culturistas. So there's a great podcast. I know, I know, I know, guys, other podcasts do exist. It's called Las Culturistas, and it's like two gay guys talking about culture every single week. And it's Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang. But they have a theory about Taylor Swift that you have three different eras of taylor swift so you have taylor swift which is like the the confessional country singer then you have taylor swift who is like the big pop girly who does like all the big pop bangers and then you have allison who, who writes like <laughs> the introspective sad songs so they're gonna come because they're so fun so far it's a taylor swift evening and then trixie mattel yes because super smart super funny super like switched on would be very funny and would jump off things. I don't want to have Sam or Douglas Stewart anymore. I'm having Trixie and Katya. Sure. Oh, good idea. Also, 
Miriam Margulies. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just because, like, who knows where that's going to go. <laughs> yes. But also someone, she's so open-minded that like, she'll say something that's a bit problematic and someone will be like, oh, you can't say that because this. And she'll go, oh, all right. Do you want a radish? <laughs> like, it's wild. But then also, Alok uh, Vade Menon, and they're like a oh, yes. non-binary, brilliant, articulate person and i feel like they would like teach me a lot but they would also encourage taylor to speak out about lgbtq issues i'd be saving the world you're yes. welcome <gasps> smashed it who's gonna cook for you you oh well i can't do the dinner <laughs> well, i can't cook oh dear <laughs> you didn't invite me well you can cook for me then okay you, you can make you can have or- poached eggs because you can I make can us do. an orange and cardamom cake oh very nice poached eggs and a cake there you go with a cardamom caramel uh, that's not burnt Right, our next one is from Rob. Rob, who is on Bake Off. It's definitely the same person. Rob says, science. Rob (laughs) says, I've got a bit of a dilemma. I was on a night out with a boy last weekend who I'm definitely into. And I'm pretty sure there's a mutual vibe. I asked friends and they agreed that he was into me too. We were really tactile and were kissing each other a lot. Not a lot on the lips though. But just before the end of the... I think it's not on the lips though. Oh, not a lot. <laughs> I just said again, not on the lips, though. Science. We were really tactile and we're kissing each other a lot. Not on the lips, though. But just before the end of the night, he told me he had a boyfriend. Ooh. We carried on being tactile and stuff, but the night ended abruptly because of an argument between our other friends and it never resolved or went any th- further. I'm probably going to see him again on another night out and I'm not quite sure what to do. I'm definitely attracted to him and wouldn't mind sleeping with him, but I don't know whether that makes me a bad person what do you think? Oh, that's like the greyest of grey areas. It does depend though, because I've got a friend at the moment and they are going on a new dating app called Field. Uh-huh. And it's specifically for people who are polyamorous or um, open. open relationship and all that kind of stuff. And she's currently seeing a guy who has a wife mm. and they're really open. So maybe this guy's boyfriend, maybe they are in an open relationship. Yeah, in which case it's fine. Yeah, but, like, but you need to ask. Assuming it isn't, worst case. Like, at what point does it become... It's really tricky because at what point does it become your responsibility? Because the boyfriend's behaviour is his responsibility. Yeah. And if the boyfriend is acting badly with his boyfriend, then that's between them. That's not your fault. Do you know what I mean? But also, it seems at the moment, like, is it if this if this boyfriend seems to have drawn the line at kissing on the lips... Maybe they're quite into like, they're allowed to flirt and do things like that. But maybe it's not going to go that far because they're already kind of putting that line of mm. kissing on the lips. It's weird, isn't it? It's really hard. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of in two camps because I'm like, number one, you just don't want to get into the drama of it. Who can be asked? But on this, on number two is it's like, I, I've always felt that if someone's cheated, you blame the person who's doing the cheating, not the person they cheated with. Yes. Because yeah. that's like the home wreck narrative is nonsense because they weren't, they're not involved. Unless it was a vindictive thing. Unless it's a vindictive thing. Or sometimes people can prey on people. Like this is, in this situation, like, you know, like I've, I've had friends where I've been trying to drag them away because they're so, so wasted. Mm. And someone is basically taking advantage mm. of them when they're wasted and you're trying to like rescue them. But in this kind of situation, I agree with you. I think it's up to the person that's doing the cheating. Put yourself in it now. Me? Let's say, yeah, so you're in this club. This is science, by the way, guys. This is science because Hot Rob has been flirting with you all evening. Ooh. And you've been, what actually is, what did they say? Oh, kissing each other, but not, not on the lips. lips. Does that mean on the well, willy? 
where they kiss each other on the on the shoulder. <laughs> Rob's or like be, shoulders next. Hob, Hob, Rob's Sheeps. being like, yeah, kissing your ears and all this kind of stuff. And his floppy hair's being like brushing against your forehead <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then it could go further. Would you let it? But you know that Hot Rob's got a boyfriend. Because he's told me. Because he's told you, yeah. Then. Yes. I would probably ask if they were open. And if he said, and if he, if he said something, but you didn't hear what it was, you didn't hear him. So what I would say, what, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> and then he said it again. You thought, oh, it's too embarrassing to ask again. So what would you do? I think, oh, it's really hard, isn't it? Because I, I genuinely don't know. Because sometimes if you're in the moment, it's just like, you know what? I'll go with this. And then it, I know it's going to be a one-off. Like if I knew it was going to be a one-off and I probably wouldn't see him again, I'd be like, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. Let's just do it. This sounds like it's quite a small town. That's but what I'm thinking as well. if it's a small well. town, then like, Basically, the assessment in my mind is, is this going to be drama or is this not going to be drama? Am I a bad, am I an asshole for that? And No, because also I think you're quite right in some ways. And there's time to think about this because it hasn't happened that evening. No. And so now they think that gives you the time to think, is there going to be drama? Is there going to be drama? Is there not going to be drama? But like... How hot are they? But the the moral of it sits with the with the other person, not with you. Yes. Like if they're choosing to sleep with you and they're not allowed to for whatever reason because of the rules of their relationship, that's on them. That's completely not on you. If you think about the, the whole connection thing is they are in a relationship. You are not. You are not. However, it is worth noting that the drama will end up, end up with kind of fingers pointed at you if there is drama, even though that's not fair. That's how it'll be. And if it's a small town, because you say you're going to see them again, then don't go with the drama. But if it's Rob, even though your name is Rob, <laughs> if it's other Rob, or if, if it, Rob, if it's you. <laughs> Rob, then, Rob, are you out there? Then say yes. Yes. I mean, that got very serious, didn't it? I never thought I'd say it, but I missed the fan fiction. Well, I could look to see if there's anything about Rob. As if you haven't already written it, Michael. <laughs> right, okay. The script now says... From the luscious swirls of cinnamon to the sticky sweet glaze that drips down your fingers, we've taken you on a naughty journey into the world of irresistible pleasure. It's been a wild, wicked ride, and we're thrilled to have shared it with you. Is this chat GPT again? Are you Bobby Butterfingers? We want to extend a saucy thank you to our devoted listeners. Your insatiable appetite for the naughty side of pastries has inspired us to push the boundaries of indulgence. You've truly embraced the art of indulgence, and for that, we salute you. Okay, we've lost Michael. But don't despair, dear listeners, for the pleasure doesn't have to end here. Take the secrets we've uncovered and let them ignite the flames of passion in your own kitchen. Experiment, explore, and push the limits of decadence. Oh dear. Keep them sticky, everyone. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs)